Hello, and welcome back to The Vanquisher's Guide. I'm your host, Bryce. And I'm Bradley. And I'm Randy. Man, welcome back. Um, This might be one of our first podcasts of the new year. Ooh, happy new year. Yeah, if it is, otherwise we look like total fools. (laughs) You just set me up for... Such it's a failure. Come out in like uh, March baited. Or something and that's the worst. <laughs> nah, nah. But anyway, it is getting rather snowy this time of year. And oh, so you know what? I was like, what a better time to do this monster, which is totally unrelated to the, the season, but I've been wanting to do for quite a while. <laughs> I was gonna I say was, I, I was trying to figure out how this related as well. I mean, there's there's snow where you fight it, kind of, you know. I mean, not necessarily wrong. All right. It's just kind of a stretch. But uh, to kind of keep keep teasing you guys, um, I need to know for for my other hosts, uh, Randy and Brad. What do you guys uh-huh. know of the overarching story of Borderlands? Mm, I know pretty much all there is to know about the story when you blitz through only the second and third game. <laughs> so Have you I... not gone through the first game? Nope, not fully. Oh my goodness, you're missing that. Yeah, I've man. played part of the first game. I've played the second game, the pre-sequel. I tried loading oh, I up forgot the third about that game. game. I tried loading up uh, the third one on my computer, but my computer can't run it. So, and then I've played the Telltale game. So I can tell you all about Butt Stallion. But... Oh, <laughs> heck yeah. Hey, that's about it. You also learn more about Butt Stallion in the third game, so. Oh, good. I need, I need some more lore. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You guys actually know way less about Borderlands than I thought you knew, but that's okay. <laughs> um, have any of you guys beaten Borderlands 1? No. I have not. Oh, I know my goodness. You, I know that you kill a... Uh, a big bad guy though dude spoiler so. from like early 2000s sorry <laughs> yeah spoiler for just a so game you know like there's old. Big <laughs> you kill it uh that's big all right but i mean honestly i think like you were saying randy is that a lot of people just kind of know uh don't pay too much attention to the story in borderlands and they're kind of like oh there's bandits that you kill there's like these corporate like espionage and like wars going in between the corporations, like Hyperion and TDR and everybody's favorite Torg and all yeah. that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and then there's the signature thing of Borderlands of it's like millions and like trillions of guns or whatever. It's the staple. Yeah. Why I play them. Yeah, but actually beneath all of that, there's a very truly epic tale, which I think we're going to get into today, which is amazing. I did. I was yeah. I every time I learn about a video game or like study further deep into the, like the lore, I am always so amazed by the the really cool complex stories that exist. Like yeah. I just learned about the the storyline and backstory for the Horizon Zero Dawn series. And oh, man, that's that cool thing too. such a cool, it's really so interesting story. So video games always have such cool like backstories i'm excited about this one yeah i think borderlands has kind of slept on a little bit which honestly i don't really blame a lot of people for because a lot of the story in borderlands one was told through like uh just text 
Oh yeah, and that's so it, it's it, yeah, a little bit hard to like break down and like digest, yeah. but we'll be getting into that today. And so the story of Borowens as a whole is one of tragedy and hubris spanning a millennia, involving right. advanced and ancient races struggle against impossibly strong eldritch beings whose desire is to destroy entire realities. Oh, yeah. So Probably not the Borderlands that you know, honestly. I mean, not at all. It's, I always think it's funny how in almost every like movie or game or things like that, there's always an advanced ancient civilization. Those things go so well hand in hand. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, there is a civilization that used to exist and they were way better than us. And now we're just trying to like pick up from their pieces. It's oh, just that- so odd to me. That is so true. It's like um like you were saying before with like Horizon and then you got Halo. Right. Um you got Destiny as well. Yeah. It's that is kind of crazy, you know. But etc cetera, etc cetera, that I can't remember think of right now, but there's tons. But oh there is. Um but the particular the one that we'll be talking about today for Borderlands is they were known as the Iridians. And as I said before, they're an ancient forerunner race that was extremely advanced and mysterious. Not many specifics of them are known. Like, we don't even really know for sure what they look like. But their impact on the galaxy and the world of Borderlands is dramatic and unparalleled. With many of their ruins and creations still influencing trade and wars currently. No, so, I want the Iridian statue. No, I want the Iridian statue. I mean, that's honestly kind of how it was. Is like <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what started like the corporate wars. Is that uh, Atlas, one of the gun manufacturers, uh, found some Iridian tech and was like, "Dude, this stuff is dope." True. And then it just kind of started like this, uh, almost like a gold rush for Iridian equipment to try and get the upper hand in like their sales and stuff and like against each other. So huh. it's pretty cool. Um, but as for the Iridians, like in their heyday, they had an unparalleled ability to manipulate the world around them. They created many wondrous and powerful creations that far surpass even the most advanced human developments money later. So like they had super cool things like they had biological super weapons energy-based advanced weaponry the guardians which are an equally mysterious group of quasi-alive beings that even thousands of years later still protect iridian installations and then they also had their most famous creation the dimensional vaults nice Mm, i recognize that it's the first thing i've recognized Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when you guys were playing through Borderlands One, did you ever find like an Iridian weapon? Uh, like, probably. Yeah. Like yeah, they're always weird, and that they didn't use ammo. They their names oh, could have been okay. like a bunch of like ones and zeros and stuff. Oh yeah, no, I never yeah. found one of those. They were generally pretty part. terrible weapons, honestly. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for all like the Iridians are hyped up to be, and at least in Borderlands One, their weapons were. Uh, lacklusters, to say the least. What a shame. That's disappointing. I mean, I guess yeah. if you, uh, nowadays, or like, as you get their old technology, then as people got it, they could then iterate on it and make better versions. So maybe they just had, like, the base version of the guns, and then yeah. the companies were just able to make more fine-tuned versions. 
Yeah, because I think what the companies actually did is they like reverse engineered it and then right. incorporated like just little bits of it into various technologies that they had. Yeah, that's kind of a shame though. Still, boring, yeah. disappointing weapons though. I mean, they weren't really boring. They were pretty unique, yeah. but they just weren't very effective at killing stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's all that matters. Yeah. But unfortunately, the Uridians' greatest strength would also be their undoing. They had an insatiable hunger. I know, right? Like the dwarves. It's the the old like hubris, right? It's like Mm -hmm. like pretty much the Uridians were like, we're so powerful, we're so advanced, and we just want to find out things and create so many different things. And so they like relentlessly created like all these different things. And um, they also inevitably sought out different knowledge and answers that are better left yeah. uh, unanswered. And they ended up waking a creature called a uh, naming name is blanking called in my clap head. Trap. Yeah, yeah. claptrap. <laughs> there you go. The most oh, powerful man. being in all existence. Oh man, he wishes he was, but he is actually <laughs> straight up trash. <laughs> What are you talking about? He's the only reason we were able to survive in in the second game. I mean, he did everything. You're not for wrong. Us. You're not wrong, but also, he like literally just pulled you out of the snow and gave you like a uh, your heads up display, and that's like always good for. He uh, he no. threw you like a pizza party or something, right? Yeah. That no one showed up to. Oh, yeah. That was a everything, awful quest. <laughs> everything that we did in the game was because of him. He <laughs> saved us all. So, I mean, he's Our the Lord real and trap. Oh, man. Not true. Fake news. But uh, getting back to the Iridians. Uh, so, with their Claptrap is an Iridian. Not even a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Unless I see two Iridians or one Iridian and Claptrap in the same room together, I'm going to assume that he is one. No, I'm like 100, 110%. <laughs> like, maybe they'd, they'd pull that off just because Borderlands is a wacky game, but... Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, Like, the Iridians, though, they created, like, so many different things, and sometimes their creations themselves even got, like, out of hand. You know? Smart. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, genius, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> with like discovering all of these different things that shouldn't be discovered. Um, and then you might also be thinking, I was, why are there no Iridians that you actually can like talk to in Borderlands or like converse with, or you don't never like see any of them. And that would be because they're presumably extinct. Uh, they found the mines of Moria and, and they dug too deep and died. eh? Yeah. They found <laughs> the, the mines of Moria in the third game. Yeah. Yeah. Classic story. I oh, do man. that all the time. Yeah, but uh, if you're wondering as to why they're extinct, um, because they were so advanced and powerful, how could they have died off? You know, like what happened? I mean, they were only human, so explain. Oh no, wait, no, they weren't. They were not human. What's their excuse then? It's actually like theorized. I think uh, that if you look at like statues and stuff, they almost kind of look like bipedal like insects Ooh. you know they kind of got like a weird like insect body it's kind of strange and maybe just like a galactic exterminator came around and killed them maybe <laughs> i think you're onto something 
Yeah. And so the Iridians had come upon a problem in their quest. And Dang it. with all of their ravenous exploration and search for knowledge, they discovered a being known as the Destroyer. What a name. Yeah. Is this the first time we're saying what we're actually talking about? Yeah, today? we guys are we're doing the destroyer. We finally got to I'm it. Right. I thought we were doing Iridians. My life is a lie. No. Um the destroyer is actually probably the most pivotal, like single being in the Borderlands story. Like so much of it is uh, like based around it. And it, that's kind of hard to suss out, but I don't blame you for it. But um to quote uh, one of Borderlands' famous uh, sirens, and sirens are just like these, uh, uh, how would you describe them? They're like these advanced, like powerful uh, people. And they yeah. have like these like kind of magic powers, like they can lock people in de- like detention spheres, or they can summon like arms to strike their foes. Or they can leech power out of people or their life force. And yeah, so, they're like um, normal people that are just like miraculously given the ability to manipulate the universe through magical powers. And yeah, it's like it's not necessarily anything that they did. Like they just randomly, it seems like people are given way. this ability. Yeah, yeah, born that way or given it. Uh, Built different. Yeah, basically. And so, um, to quote uh, one of the sirens, her name is Nereid, and she was a siren that just lived with the Iridians, and she helped them out with a couple things, and we'll be referencing her, her a lot. Nice. But she says, the Destroyer, a practical name for an incomprehensible evil. Surely it had millions of names more poetic or subtle, but none of the civilizations who coined them survived to pass them on. Nice. Or anything else for that matter. Only the destroyer itself knows for sure how long it has been tearing through the universe, eating its own name. Yo, that's such that's a cool dope, isn't it? That's that's like, a very cool way of saying that. Yeah, like um and these are um these are like audio logs that you can find in <laughs> Borderlands three at the end of the game. And really? if you're at all like interested in like Borderlands story, I would highly recommend like going onto YouTube and looking up all of the written writings. Oh. Um, it's like maybe you can find it compiled into like a 15 minute video or something. And it's incredibly interesting and just really like a good listen. Dang. Sounds like that. Yeah. I had no idea that was in the game. Like that's like probably of the Borderlands games, that's the one that I've played the most. And I had never, if I had heard of the that line or those uh, voice lines, I have no memory of it. Oh, I had no man. idea those were in there. Yeah, they're just like little collectibles. But um, as for the Destroyer, like, it's crazy. Because from this, it seems like the Destroyer has been around for a very long time, consuming right. countless other civilizations, which is terrifying. Yeah. And it honestly, is kind of like getting at like the eldritch horror of just like the un- incomprehensible being that will just like consume Seriously. everything just because it wants to. Yeah, it it feels almost more like less of a creature and more of just like a force. It's just it is a force of nature that just 
it kills not because it necessarily needs to wants to or like anything it just that's what it does just its mm-hmm. entire existence is just spreading out and destroying things and that's just it's just like kind of like gravity that's just no way of stopping it yeah it's just it's just there and like there's yeah. nothing you can do against it struggle as you may you will succumb eventually yeah and so like like you were saying actually is the destroyer can be like described and has been described as a primordial force as an ancient evil as ancient as time itself um and like i don't think that really know what it wants besides like just devouring everything like as uh Nereid says again the destroyer is ever hungry perhaps that is obvious from regarding a horror that gnaws at the edges of galaxies but mm-hmm. its appetite only grew as it ate the stars never stopping even to swallow <clears throat> so hear me so, hear me out is he really incomprehensible evil or is he just doing his thing and he doesn't right. even really like, realize all the destruction that's happening so maybe maybe he's the good guy <laughs> Um, I don't think so. Like actually. <laughs> or maybe not good guy, but maybe just like a guy. You know, right. <laughs> you know? like no. What if he's just vibing along in the galaxy, listening to some tunes, and not realizing that you know, just he happens to be eating things. Well, I mean, I'm right there with you. I feel like evil puts a little bit of like intention to his yeah. movements, and I feel like that's. I feel like he might not be even doing this vindictively or trying to hurt anybody i think he's just doing it just because like that's what like is a is a natural disaster evil for destroying things no you know i feel like people say they're evil like he would be evil or things like that are evil because it's hurting them but like they're not doing it to be evil they're just doing it because that's just what they do so i could believe that if it was just like a mindless entity with very little intelligence but as i mean even still I mean, as we'll get to in a bit, is that the Destroyer is a very intelligent being, actually. Okay. It understands the beings it consumes and the culture, cultures it dissolves. So it knows exactly what he, it's at least doing. He, at least he learns about the culture. Yeah. <laughs> he's studying their culture. And he's like, ah, that's a pretty cool one, Munch. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, like, I definitely think that he knows right. that, or it knows that it's devouring everything and it's erasing entire civilizations and that they hate it you know gotcha it's I was gonna not say, a fun like, time for them i was gonna then say like well maybe he's no more evil than like a lion who's like i mean yeah it's killing things or people but like it's not doing it because it's wanting to commit murders or like it hates things and maybe it's just doing it because it feels like it has to or slash it just is driven to but it sounds like it's a lot more intelligent than a lion yeah, no, he's he or it. I guess I don't know if he's gendered, but he is definitely evil. Like I can, I was just messing with you. I suppose. <laughs> I just wanted I to know, say, hear, hear me out. Hear me I out. Think you were you're a destroyer apologet apologetic man. <laughs> well, because like destroyer I, like I said, like, Yeah. Since I haven't played or watched any of uh, Borderlands Three, like the only thing that I recognize him from is I think he. I like there's some story in the pre sequel that i oh, remember right. hearing him about i don't remember um, that yeah i think he he's uh mentioned quite a bit and there is like one quest that kind of revolves around you uh, have to get like eye, eye or something right yeah exactly hey i, see, I remember this game i remember the game yeah <laughs> like bonus points brad but yeah to get back 
we saw the stars in their sky just like blinking out one by one as the destroyer was like consuming the space around them that would be terrifying it's so awful man they had no idea even with all their technology and all of their wondrous creations they had like basically very little idea how to stop it they even Mm -hmm. went to like the siren society and asked them for help and were like we don't know what to do we need help it sounds a lot like uh what what's his face the fear guy from uh green lantern oh true it's like they like they yeah because like they created you know that what like i I don't know how much because i i didn't really read much of the comic books but at least in the in the ryan reynolds movie in right? the most the... favorite movie of the entire dc universe <laughs> yeah, um the most cherished the movie of them all crown jewel the one of the celestials whatever they're called like they became you know like he like left and be like, right and fear or whatever and then like got corrupted and everything and then like just started eating things and so he sounds like maybe the destroyer's kind of built on that if that's like he's built on exactly. fear he's like well, like, because it's like it's maybe not specifically fear, but like the fact that like these people of their own creation created the thing that was going to destroy them, and in retrospect, also it's destroying I mean, the entire. You know, well, everything. well, they didn't create it; they did discover it, and you know, it seems like they sought it out. But I, I get what you're saying, Brad. It would be but, kind yeah. of interesting to learn that there was a nation or civilization like millennia ago in the Borderlands universe that did create the Destroyer. Like, it, yeah, obviously, like nobody around now did because he's been around for thousands or millions of years probably and been killing everybody that he sees but it'd be kind of neat if he's not an organic thing and he actually was was created at one time yeah that's an interesting theory is like i'm you know like that's always one of the huge questions is where do where did it come from from? you know where did it come from where did it go i don't know that's exactly what i was thinking of (laughs) where did it come from Oh my gosh. Uh. But as for like what the destroyer looks like, so we can give you guys an image of him. Um, we've actually seen him a couple times, just presumably small parts of him. No, he's just really small but dangerous. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I I think he's truly gargantuan and in size. Like, and we see him in the first game and a little bit in the third game, and I think what we see of him is only just tiny, tiny bits. Oh, so we still haven't killed him in the games? He's still out there? Mm, maybe, maybe oh not. Oh my goodness, we'll I'm so confused. It. Well, because I mean, a being that's literally able to eat entire civilizations and worlds, pretty much, right? Like. He's not going to be small. <laughs> yeah, so, but I yeah. got really nice guns. I've got some like legendary guns, so like oh, oh, I can probably hurt oh. deal with it. His main weakness is actually common guns. Or, oh, <laughs> dang! The, the great what a boring are... fight. <laughs> what a mistake! Yeah, but yeah. Um, so the destroyer, and this is mostly the description that we get from Borderlands One because he is the um, a little bit of spoiler, I guess. Uh, he's oh, the final no. boss that you fight, so I'm kind of sad I that you guys have, haven't fought him and haven't seen him. I'll, but... I'll just power through it right now, and I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, get back to us on that. But <laughs> in Borderlands 1, he has a massive maw, and he has one piercingly blue and purple eye. And then he also has like a Pretty. bunch of different tentacles, and some of those have glowing purple gross on them. 
Some of them are pretty freaking massive. And like I was saying before, in Borderlands 1, you were actually duped into fighting him. Dang it. Foiled again. Yeah, because in the game, you're playing as a mercenary known as a vault hunter, and you are seeking out, go figure, the vaults. Uh, And you seek them out actually under the false pretense that they contain sweet, sweet loot. But (laughs) when in reality, the the, uh, dimensional vaults that the Iridians created are to house either creations that they thought were too powerful for them to control or too powerful for them to, like, leave unchecked or for things that they found that they just were like, yeah, got to kind of put that in prison, throw away the key. So these are less of vaults and more of prison cells. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Like, dimensional prison cells, so it's pretty neat. Um, Some of them, of course, do just contain, like, some loot, so... But honestly, I really like in the Borderlands universe. I wouldn't recommend opening any vaults because probably which is really funny because like it's just a huge part of at least just the games. Yeah, people talking about uh, going and oh, vault hunters like the coolest, greatest warriors in the world. And it's funny because like most people that would call themselves vault hunters have never been inside of a vault because if they are dead. No, absolutely, and it's like. Like you were saying, it's crazy is that like in every game you play uh, a vault hunter and so you're always searching for vaults and looking for like money or fame or whatever, but really you shouldn't be trying to open these things at all and you should really just try and forget forget about them mm-hmm. completely. You should be trying to sit, like shore up the doors and make sure that you are doubling down, putting some boards up on the doors rather than trying to break it open. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And in the first game, you set out to the hostile planet of Pandora to open one of the most famous vaults that are rumored to exist there. Nice. Um, That famous vault that you open, you do at the end of the game, is where the destroyer is contained within. And you're like, Uh honestly, the the destroyer is indestructible. Uh Uh-huh. So that's a little bit of a damper on that plan. Well. But then you're being like, well, I... Except for the common guns. Yeah. He's, he's weak to common guns, as I've heard. Oh, man. Maybe that is a secret weakness. But <laughs> uh, as we learn after you beat the boss, is that the destroyer uh, is only vulnerable when it, like, possesses or takes a form in this reality. And then it's vulnerable. Uh... But in its home realm, it is completely indestructible. So what you see in, like, the first game, poking through the vault, is probably just, like, basically a hand of it. Gotcha. So it's not like it's an interdimensional being that spends ninety percent of its time in a different dimension, and so we didn't actually, yeah. we didn't actually kill it in the first game. What a what a disappointment. <laughs> yeah. Why am I even? Why should I even go and play this game at this point? We didn't even win. I mean, it was a great fight, even though if it had some awful loot. Um, but when when you fight it in the first game, it has many formidable attacks. It can actually be quite a challenge to the unprepared vault hunter. Some of it, the attacks that it has is it has like a long tongue that can lash out and attempt to whip you. That's pretty gross. Um, it will also slam the ground with several of those tentacles that it has and hurl explosive spikes at you that deal massive damage. Huh. And then like all most other creatures that contain just 
huge eyes, it can shoot a devastating laser beam from its eye. What's the point in having giant eyes if you can't shoot lasers out of it, honestly? Basically, that's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. Like if you're a cyclops and you can't shoot a laser, like, get out Come of on. here, man. You're fired. Just go home and think about your life. Pretty much. Um, and as the fight progresses, it appears as if the destroyer becomes more determined to stay in the dimension as it, like, reaches out with even more massive tentacles grabbing onto nearby structures. And it's... You know, try as it might, you ultimately beat it if you beat the game. <laughs> I did not will... beat it, so. <laughs> so you didn't beat it. It's out there. Try it's as like... I might, I did not defeat it. And ravage the world, man. I apologize, you to, everybody. Like, you go to like log in the game and like, it's like <laughs> hey. I'm sorry, the universe was destroyed. <laughs> sorry, you got to start a new game, start over, and maybe this time it'll. We're gonna buy it, but... buy a new copy of the game. <laughs> the old one was eaten. Yep. <laughs> oh man, that'd be crazy. I'd love to see like a game company do that. I'd hate to right. play a game because it would be buy it again. But so controversial and yet so brave. That'd be funny. Um, but as we're getting at, when you defeat the destroyer, it actually just retreats back back into its prison. Uh, what a shame. Yeah, absolute shame. So it is in is it in prison in that other dimension or is that like is that a prison or more like a house or a shell that it lives in and then it just comes out to get a snack every once in a while? Um, Maybe like that's where its portal is and so it can't escape that vault. Like that's the, as far as it could get into Pandora. But can it not reach other places of the universe or is it stuck on that one specific planet? Oh. That feels like for a multi-dimensional being, I feel like he should be able to go other places other than just yeah, you, you would think, actually, but uh, as so. we learn in the third game is that that vault that you opened is actually a false vault. Ah. And it's stated that a it trick. actually just serves as a sort of feeding slot for the destroyer to keep it somewhat satiated. That's hilarious. And that's um, why everyone says that Pandora is the most dangerous planet of all, because it's just kind of freaking... <laughs> hole that people just get shoveled into to appease a giant yeah god that's awful it is is pretty crazy pretty awful but um i also wanted to kind of touch briefly on what you were saying brad with the the eye of the destroyer being used in the Mm pre-sequel and uh pretty much uh as after we beat the first game we learn that uh it's actually like hyperion that was coercing you into fighting the destroyer, specifically Angel, which is Handsome Jack, one of the series' most famous antagonists. That was his daughter. Love him. That was doing his bidding. And in the pre-sequel, uh, he uses uh, Handsome Jack after taking a piece of the destroyer's power, specifically its eye. He then installs that eye and uses it as the power source for a super weapon called the Eye of Helios. That being a um, weapon, like a, almost like a laser beam or a cannon that is on his like orbital satellite between the planet Pandora and the moon. It's basically like a, like a Death Star, right? Um, kind of. Small scale Death Star. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Eye of Helios almost does destroy Elpis, uh, Pandora's moon. Um, it's not like 
quite powerful enough to destroy like the planet Pandora, though it can wipe uh, off sure. entire settlements off the face of Pandora, which is terrifying. Oof. I yeah, mean, I'll be honest. It feels kind of weak for like the destroyer's eye. I feel I like mean... a destroyer's eye should be able to freaking <laughs> vaporize <laughs> galaxies. Unless this is just like a small little pe- like little baby just... eye of it. You know, like as we were saying, like uh, the part that we fought was only a, probably a pretty small portion. So maybe that was That's just true. one of his smaller eyes. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when like you get all all of the eyes of Exodia, as you go. <laughs> oh yeah, the eyes of Exodia. You br- yeah. you bring in all of the eyes and they clump together, and then they make one, like, one giant laser. There, <laughs> hey, yo, oh, that's sick. Yeah, just super laser, yeah, but. <laughs> Ultimately, the Eye of Helios uh, is rendered inoperable when the the Destroyer's Eye is destroyed in the pre-sequel. No! Which is so sad. Yeah. You try to like, get it to Man. work, and it just doesn't, and it's so sad. And yeah, he would have gotten away with it, too, if it wouldn't, hadn't been for those <laughs> meddling kids. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like, imagine, like, playing, like, a game, right, of, like, D&D or something, and, like, you get to this, I guess we had a very similar situation in our campaign, but, like, yeah. you get to, like, this, like, forge that lets you just, like, make, like, the best magical weapons or whatever, and as soon as you try to use it, it breaks. It's like, hmm. Yeah, that would be disappointing, wouldn't that be? It's crazy. <laughs> Any DM that would do that is just the worst. I, I yeah, gave you guys, man. like, one thing, didn't I? <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> Jeez. But I do think it's funny how in the pre-sequel you get a mission to like uh, try and reassemble the destroyed destroyer's eye. The destroyed destroyer. <laughs> yeah. And uh in the process you like end up vaporizing the eye. So yeah. Oof. It's rough. it's no longer there. But I guess we gotta go back to Pandora and try and coax out another little <laughs> hand and chop it off, get the eye from it again. I would not recommend that at all. <laughs> I mean, um, we did it in the first game. We can do it again. Come on. The guy's no. kind of a chump. Just Remember, sure the destroyer is quite intelligent. So, yeah, he, he'll never, he'll never fall, or he'll always fall for this trick. He's just yeah. too hungry. He doesn't know. <laughs> Forevermore, right. he just fights you blind. Like, he doesn't bring exactly. any of his eyes. He's like, oh, I'm not no. doing that again. He's just randomly, like, flailing through the, the portal or whatever. That being said, theory that would be kind of neat to see is they get another one of his eyes, make another laser, and then shoot it into the portal. I don't. <laughs> How does he like his own medicine? I don't think he care too much, honestly. I, I mean, he'd probably I mean, be a little. It's offended. his power, so either he's probably, probably immune to it, or he'll probably just get a little bit pissed off, and then or he'd be really super weak to it. I suppose does that happen sometimes? Maybe a little bit. Um, but as I was saying before, is that the vault that we opened in Borderlands 1 is a false vault. So you may be thinking of, if that one was false, where's the real one? You know, is there a is, real one? Where is the destroyer contained, you know? Eh, I was maybe they couldn't that. contain it. Mm. But as you can see, or as we see in the second game the planet pandora is unique as its upper mantle is comprised of a unique substance known as iridium so iridium is a extremely valuable element for its ability as a universal power source 
able to even supercharge Siren abilities to ridiculous extents. So, yes. you know, if you played Borderlands 2, you remember Iridium. It's kind of like that super cool currency that's like those purple ingots. Mm-hmm. And there's like Iridium, uh, Iridium-powered weapons that use like Iridium as a power source. Yeah. And so... And then in Borderlands 3, the one of the guys uses like gets juiced up on Iridium so you can like grab an entire planet with his power. Yeah, that's what we were talking about with like uh re- supercharging the siren abilities. Wool. Absolutely crazy. But the reason that Pandora is like this is that it was actually created by the Iridians. Oh my goodness, they're making planets now? Yeah, I imagine it was pretty um it was probably not their first time making a planet, but <laughs> it was probably the greatest task that they had ever done and was almost like their their most difficult task as well. Dang. And that goes to show like how um like you said that like well I guess you did you say like they were one of the most like influential people of all of like the Borderlands games and I mean that's why yeah. Pandora is a big part of that. Yeah. yeah. Is uh Pandora is like the most pivotal planet in the Borderlands games. It's it's yeah. the largest uh what what was the race called again? The Iridiums? Iridians? Iridians? It's yeah. the largest Iridian ruin ever. It's like yeah. got all of their stuff on that planet. Like hundred percent. Like Pandora it's was the one <laughs> was yeah. built as the most incredible cage ever constructed. Yeah. Sick was, cage, bro. Yeah. It was constructed for the sole purpose of containing the destroyer for all of eternity. Well, so if they could keep it in prison, if they could imprison the destroyer, how did they die? Did they like well, in their dying breath put the prison around him and they're like, "Cool, we did it, but we're dead now." That's all. That's why. That's the really sad part, actually. Ooh, is sorry, I didn't mean to get ahead of it. As no, you're right on track. Is that the destroyer is a very intelligent being, like we said before. It would not willingly go into a cage. You know, mm. like you can't be like, hey, destroyer, you want to, you want to go into the super cage that we just made for you? You know, there's yeah, cheese in there. Trap. Yeah, it's so delicious. They knew it would not be easily tricked into its cage, so they would have to lure it with and an what... entire civilization. <laughs> and the lure would be millions of lives that entered Pandora ahead of its captive tempting it further inward. And as Nereid says, I can only hope they were already dead when I closed the gate behind it. Oh my goodness, that's so dark. And did did all of the Iridians have to go in? They couldn't leave out like half of their population and like that be enough? Or even like a tenth of their population to keep their population and their culture still around? Well, according to to Nereid, they... They only put millions in, and the Iridian race was probably billions strong. But oh. as she also go on, goes further on to say, is that the Iridians would have to make another, even greater sacrifice to protect the universe. They gotta make the key yeah, or the lock. Nuri- Nuriad herself states that a billion lives to power a machine, and this machine being the machine that would like make the vault work. It was essentially the lock. 
And she says, should it comfort me that they will thrum in its heart forever? Perhaps oblivion would have been kinder. It would have been for me at least. Jeez. And yes. still vault hunters try to open the right? vault like, they, like they're all high and mighty. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. That's like, awful. Know your place. Like, don't Seriously. don't mess with this stuff. It's terrible. That's awful. Uh, so that is why the Iridians are extinct. It's this and maybe other similar events, but probably most likely the billions and the millions in these situations. So what? these guys are like Pentagon, Pen- pentagons of like goodness. Uh, paragons? Paragons? Paragon, thank you. That's English. Pentagons of goodness. Like Yo, they got so many, so <laughs> many weird shapes like, out there. <laughs> oh, I was thinking yeah. like the building and like the capital. I mean, the Pentagon building is made to look like the shape. So yeah, yeah that's true. I yeah. meant paragon. That's the word. Yeah, apparently they were very um very story and like the, like they're also yeah. like super evil. Like, <laughs> they, they technically once they got to write the story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, they sacrificed yeah. millions, but they're back there like sitting, like counting up their money, like talking to like the real destroyer, like high five and like yeah, we tricked all of them. <laughs> oh man, probably not. But uh, if you're wondering what also happened to Nereid, she Dying actually had to she probably did actually, but she probably uh or after siphoning all of the countless Iridian's life force into the great machine. Because she, that was her siren ability, was phase witching, actually, where she could suck up uh, other people's life force and channel it into things or empower herself with it. So she basically uh, leached the entire Iridian race <sighs> so that uh, they could close the door. Which is just an incredible and awful weight for her to bear. Seriously. She just, that's so terrible for like that she was like, not necessarily expected to do that, but like the fact that she was the only person that was able to do that. And they're like, well, Mm -hmm. no other choice. It's got to be you. Which is why I think that the Iridians might have come to the Sirens in the port first place Mm -hmm. is they were looking to use your powers for this. Mm -hmm. And And they're like, like, yeah, can you please like be our. Like, like, our tool, like, our hammer. Like, like, hey, we need to sacrifice all of our lives. Like, you are the only person that is able to help us with that. Like, like, can you imagine the weight that That's she had there for that? That's yeah. crazy. We have and, an idea, but you need to do it because we can't. Yeah. Also, I'm thinking like she's the good version of Darth Nihilus from Star Wars. Right. <laughs> True. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Only use her abilities for good. She only sucked the life out of bad people. <laughs> it's it's crazy also because she um it seems like after this event she was so like terrified and almost maybe disgusted with her own power that she sealed herself into a vault as well dang to, like seal away that power forever wow yo so next game or or in a future borderlands game when are we going to get phase leeching as a playable siren character right that would be so that'd be so dope i would oh. love that I mean, if you remember, and we'll get to this in just a bit, is that the anti- one of the antagonists of uh, Borderlands 3 actually had the phase leeching power as well. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. And so, is- as, 
uh, as the destroyer is possibly the most powerful being to ever exist, uh, no prison could hold it forever. So it was just forever lying in wait, waiting for its chains to slip or be slipped for it. So that's kind of why that feeding slot was there to just like possibly make it content on just like small little morsels. And so it wouldn't try as hard to like break out. But on the other hand, at the same time, it does still leave a little bit of a hole in the chain or in the prison. So that way it can kind of get its hand out of its prison do stuff so like it's kind of a double-edged sword and that like maybe having that hole will help keep people or keep it from breaking out but it also allows it to get out and cause problems and hurt people so yeah and while that is true it seems like it worked yeah seemed like the that strategy that they had worked adequately well seeing as how long the destroyer was locked up theoretically unless unless the iridians were actually not that long ago and we just think that they are because we don't have any records of them um, uh, maybe they were around like 40 years ago and we're all like yo they were around for so they were they were around years ago and nobody knows no one just like writes down any history right <laughs> and so like like a decade ago was like oh yeah back in the back in the day 10 years I ago mean, I don't think anybody on Pandora has a life expectancy longer than like 15 <laughs> years. So that's yeah. so true. It's like uh, the mind or the the collective memory of Pandora is very short. I'm sure. I don't know. They, they got a, quite a few scientists on there. They're probably yeah. fine. But uh, seems like for whatever reason, the destroyer also has an ability to almost like entrance people or groups. Of course and, he does whether that's directly or indirectly. Um, and that is entrances them to almost like seek it out and free it or feed it. And so right. that's kind of an interesting little fact is like, maybe that's why so many people and corporations were hell bent on finding and opening this particular vault. Yo, you know? hypnotizing people. And in one particular instance that the Iridians had to deal with during their creation of the great vault, Pandora, they, um, an unknown group tried to appease the destroyer by attacking Pandora and foil the Iridians' plans. Dang. Were those other Iridians, or was this like another, like a separate civilization altogether? Just like a totally random passerby. Unfortunately, you know? it doesn't specify. Okay. Uh, it the way that they describe it almost makes it sound like it's a different, totally right? disconnected group of people. The people um, that always make problems in the world are humans, so it's probably dang, like he- harsh. Could have been some early humans, maybe. Yeah, but at uh, the same time, like I feel like if I was the destroyer, I said that name weird. Destroyer, <laughs> it would make more sense to try and like get some of the people who are like really strong and are trying to imprison you, and getting them to turn rather than getting just rando like possibly very weak comparatively civilization try and help out so, mm-hmm. yeah, go go with the, the stronger civilization maybe it'll be harder to get them to turn but you'll get a stronger ally if you do and that's why we don't know if like the power to entrance right. people is really like something that it causes or just people that like yeah just for whatever reason become obsessed with it it know? might just be an accidental like just kind of like a byproduct of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like yeah. it's usually like corporations and like 
like people that are very like organizations cults or something like that you know like where uh corruption just so easily can like seep in and stuff and so like maybe True. it's not an actual power that he has but because greed and desire for more and more power when you think of the most powerful thing in the world you're like maybe the thing can give us more power and so like exactly it's just kind of a, a, what's yeah. a snowball effect yeah thing. i do yeah. always find that funny that like in games and movies and stuff there is always like oh yeah there's this insanely powerful thing we're gonna go and kill it and then take its power and make ourselves really powerful it's like how do you think you're gonna be able to stand up against that thing when like yeah, you're that's hoping pretty bold that, of you that, that the power <laughs> it has is gonna make you more powerful like you have to kill it remember and that thing's super strong like mm-hmm why do you think hey, you can the, stand the up logic to it? is sound the logic is sound if you kill the most powerful know. thing you obviously gain all of its powers and become absolutely the most powerful absolutely sure if you can kill it i just am so baffled that people always think oh yeah this thing's the most powerful thing in the universe i can take it that's <laughs> clearly i can take, take this thing all right and i do think it's pertinent to our conversation to talk about the warrior as well that's the one that's one i'm familiar with i honestly yeah. thought the warrior was the destroyer so <laughs> i know this guy shows what i know the warrior is the final boss of borderlands 2 i think Neat. that's probably one of the iridian things that people remember most just because he's super badass and he's super cool. cool and um so just uh also i think it's really cool and kind of gives us a bit of an insight into like the iridians creations because they created the warrior actually in response to the that group they were talking about before that was looking to appease the destroyer oh no way they made the warrior to fight off this uh this group of people that's so cool yeah and so i believe it was actually the warrior was one of their most powerful weapons that's so what is the warrior? The warrior is a semi-autonomous colossal being. He's very big. That can be described as a cross between a dragon and a skag. So yeah. skags just being like the canine-like creatures that we all know and love from the Waterlands universe, and they're native to Pandora, and they have like the distinctive like three-jawed mounts. Mm-hmm. Well, so if Pandora is a fabricated planet that wasn't really a planet. Well, mm-hmm. so was it a fabricated planet that they just made as like a shell around the the thing or did they they hollow out the planet and make the prison inside of it? Um you know? I don't know exactly, but I think that they okay. just made the planet from a from like the ground up gotcha. probably. Well, then I, I'm so curious where like the flora and fauna for Pandora came from originally then. Like where um, are stags initially from that they pulled them onto that planet to habitate it? Well, we've had like uh, thousands of years between the Iridians and That's true. our That's characters. True so it could That's be just point. like uh, life just popping up as it does. Yeah. Or it could be that the Iridians maybe put it there as to be a hostile environment to deter people from true. trying to do anything with the Destroyer. Gags would definitely stop me from ever doing yeah. that. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you go there and you see this freakish dog things and you're like, nope, nope, nope. All right. Know. I'm getting <laughs> back in my it. ship. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. So the warrior is appears to be made out of like rock and he has like a molten lava interior. Super cool again. 
Um, he has like four clawed legs as well as sharp teeth. He also has a pair of wings, although it's pretty unclear as to if this just allows him to jump from position to position or if it actually allows him to like fly away and do like death from above, you know? That would be so cool. I believe it was Woody that once said falling with style. Yeah. Yeah. Point. Could be. Can't argue yeah. with that logic. It's to break his fall. <laughs> so he doesn't break himself. Um, I mean, once you get out into space, then you don't really need to worry about wings. He just has to get that far. Oh, that's true, man. What I'd give to see like the warrior just like flying around space. That would be shooting so stuff cool. with like its slag laser from its tail and stuff. Be crazy. Big. But uh, like many of the other Iridian creations that they made, they after it fought off the attacking group, it was promptly ordered to slumber in the vault of the warrior, which is also in Pandora, where it was supposed to slumber unless somebody would try and disturb Pandora's peace. Did so you kind of... I don't I don't remember in Borderlands 2 trying to to disturb the peace. I know. <laughs> uh, it was supposed to, but you know, Handsome Jack kinda changed the changed that a bit. Well that's like I feel like that's kind of interesting. I feel like it it should be the directive of the warrior is like to try and keep anybody from getting onto Pandora and trying to break open the vault. So I feel like it should have been a lot more proactive of like protecting yeah, the seriously, vault. Seriously, was... I mean, it seems like it didn't really bother anybody until they opened his vault specifically, and then he's like, <laughs> "All right, now you can't be in here. The planet, I don't really care about, but here, <laughs> how dare you?" Yeah. Well, I mean, it. I'm pretty sure that like the the warrior is entirely controlled by whoever has the vault key, right? So... Right. And uh, I guess, like, whatever has happened on the surface of Pandora is, like, considered, like, small fry to it. True. Like, little squabbles and just didn't care. Until people start drilling down to the center of the planet, that becomes big yeah. deal. Yeah, that's a bit of a problem. Um, to talk about other problems, Oof. you know, uh, problem. the biggest problem that we've been talking about, the Destroyer, you mentioned before, uh, Brad, or I think it was actually Randy, uh, that is the destroyer actually dead? And that, that is a little bit of a complicated question. <laughs> so as we head into the third game of Borderlands 3, uh, we know that the destroyer was just repelled back. And we know that the entire like plot of Borderlands 3 is that these two like siren twins, Tyrene and Troy Calypso, are trying to uh open up the vault of the destroyer the actual real vault and absorb the destroyer with their leeching power again makes so much sense this thing is the most powerful thing in the universe so i can take it yeah super <laughs> bold claim of them and it's interesting to note that actually the vault to this uh or the key to this vault is the entire moon of elvis so why? that's why Troy, one of those Siren Twins, phase-locked the power with a ridiculous amount of iridium as disposal and opened up the Vault of the Warrior, or the Vault of the Destroyer. Nice. Sounds super dangerous. Yeah, it's a stupid, stupid move. But eventually Troy is killed, so it just leaves Tyrene to absorb the Destroyer. And we see her in the end final battle. She is falling into the destroyer's tentacles willingly. 
and after a flash of light, she appears to be victorious. But she is now a twisted and horrible abomination with only her head and left arm resembling a human. The rest is a monstrous eldritch beast with blue and purple plating and tentacles, as well as a set of energy wings in the signature destroyer's eye on her back. Yikes. Yeah, Not so... a good look. Not going to be winning any beauty contests anymore. Yeah, I I definitely say it was kind of a lose on her, mm-hmm. on her part, honestly. <laughs> Which is interesting because uh, we had seen uh, Tyrene absorb other vault monsters before, like the, the Ravager, which is one you fight in Borderlands 3 and you kill, and then she absorbs it. But with this, it was different in that after absorbing it, it like changed her. Almost like as if the destroyer was too much for her to absorb, and maybe she only absorbed a small portion of it again. And honestly, I'd question as to whether she might not have been in control, in control of herself, as the destroyer might have been the one really driving the bus, so to speak. Yeah, it seems like it's possible that maybe it was just the destroyer kind of using her as a puppet. And like rather than it being Tyrene being Tyrene as the destroyer, it was the destroyer just kind of using Tyrene as a little bit of fodderish kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a vessel for it to in- inhabit uh-huh. to try and like destroy the world, you know. So honestly, I don't think the destroyer is dead. I think that this like infinitely powerful being, we've only just seen small portions of it, and it will probably be be back in the future which is terrifying to think of yeah theoretically free now from its vault too so that's yeah that is true so yeah but that's pretty much all that we have for this week and i just want to just express man like this was such a cool experience researching this because i had no idea about like any of this with borderlands before but it gives such a nice, like, great, unique perspective on the game that, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's what I was mentioning at the beginning of the episode. I think it's so neat. Like, so many games, because I'm honestly not the like, biggest person of, like, listening to the story when I'm playing the game. I usually just want to get to the action, like, playing the game, actually. Oh, and sure. So most of the time when I'm playing, I just t- either don't listen to the cutscenes or skip the cutscenes or whatever. And so I don't fully grasp what's going on most of the time. So then when I go back and like listen to like a breakdown of the, what happened in the game or like listen to the whole story, I'm like, holy crap, there's that's so cool. And it's such an interesting, complex and like deep story that I just like I grasp some of it while I'm playing, but I don't usually bother listening to all of it because. I'm not going to listen to all of like the audio logs in the game. I'm not going to read all yeah. of the descriptions of everything. So I'm never going to get all of it. So it's just cool to see these breakdowns that people do and all the research that like, I mean, that you did as well in this episode to learn about everything that goes on in the, the story. So I think it's super neat. Yeah. Like, man, it's just so cool. Like I'm never, I'm the same way as you in that I like, some in some games i really don't pay attention to the, to the story much at all which i feel like i really kind of missed out on honestly right and i just want to say you know if you got a f- friend that's like plays borderlands a lot 
and they're interested in the stories, maybe you share this podcast with them. Yeah. Give them a new perspective. It was uh, pretty changing for me. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to find like a YouTube video to just like, like see if anyone will just like walk through the whole like boring right. story. Cause like, I'm just like pumped. I'm like, Really wanting to to you know I I wish I could play Borderlands three, <laughs> you know it's exciting. <laughs> oh man, we'll all play through it together once you get it, Bran. It'll be yeah, great. <laughs> also, side note, real quick, that I just realized because I was like scrolling through some pictures online. So with sirens, they all have like these tattoos on them, like that they naturally happen because of their abilities, and they all glow yeah. when they use their abilities. When Tyrene or Tyrene was absorbed by the the destroyer and she like came out in her weird messed up version that we were talking about earlier her mm-hmm. left arm is the one that has the tattoos and the left arm of the destroyer amalgam that she has has tattoos all the way down its arm oh it has, oh. It has the siren tattoos on it oh, so that's so I just, interesting i just had never realized until i saw a picture of it on on google so just kind of neat thing i yeah, I'm I'm so pumped to play some Borderlands, man. Like, geez. Right. For real. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, other than that, just thank you all for listening. And, Absolutely. Uh, we've really just loved the opportunity that this has given us. And thank you so much for kind of being there and, like, supporting us and whatnot. Absolutely. And we will see you next week. Have a good new year if this comes out. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Again, getting baited. Have another new year. Have, a good one. <laughs> Have another new year. I <laughs> mean, hey, everyone, pretty much everyone's gone through at least one new year before. Most yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, probably. <laughs> yeah, I would think. So, have a good one. <laughs>